Tuesday, it is time once again to get powered up with untapped potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. So how are you doing? As we know, this is December 20th, so I'm sure you're in the swing of the Christmas season. You know, I just came from outside and the stores, the supermarket, the streets are all just super crowded. So as you go about doing your Christmas shopping, your holiday shopping, please remember to be cautious. There's been a number of accidents in our area recently because everyone is in a rush to get that Christmas shopping done. So just try to exercise a little bit of patience and try to take it a little easy as we go about doing our Christmas and our holiday shopping. So speaking of Christmas and holidays, you know, we always like to start the program on a note of gratitude. So we are grateful for family. My husband's family is down here with us in Georgia for the Christmas holiday. So we are grateful for the time we get to spend with our family, for our health, for our happiness, for our joy. So I I hope that you have something in your life to be grateful for today. So as we do every week, we have another great program for you. Um, This week in particular, we will continue the interview that we started listening to with Dr. Thompson Fontaine as the leader, the new leader of the United Workers Party. So we will go ahead and listen to the rest of his interview. And this week, we won't have um, a tip of the week because I want to play most of the interview that we did with Dr. Fontaine. So that will take up most of the program um, this week. But again, a fantastic interview with Dr. Thompson Fontaine is coming up for you. And then of course, you want to stay tuned for after the interview for um, our featured video of the week over at Push Past 10 and so much more. So let's enjoy this number from Colin XP Christmas Sing Along as we get the program often started. And just a quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by Catch Me Flying Dress out of Dominica. So we want to thank them for their sponsorship of today's episode of Untapped Potential. So again, sit back, relax, enjoy this music from Colin XP, and then stay tuned for the rest of the pre-recorded interview that we did with Dr. Thompson Fontaine.
creative team has partnered with internationally awarded veteran art photographer Derek Galal to help women step into their confidence and let go of limiting beliefs while wearing the custom-made flying dress that ripples in the air against a beautiful Caribbean background. This amazing moment of self-love and self-awareness can be artistically captured and preserved under Derek's watchful eye and experienced hands. So take advantage of this superb quality and attention to detail as seen in our high quality prints and breathtaking videos. The flair of a beautiful dress can make you feel so special and beautiful. Let's help you capture the moment. Book your Catch Me Flying Dress session on the beautiful nature island of Dominica today. Our team will ensure your comfort and enjoyment through the experience. At the end, you will receive images worth treasuring for a lifetime. We look forward to helping you awaken your inner power as you transform into the most confident version of you. recently heard and after this question we're gonna have you rest your voice and go over and take the comments on Facebook you may want to grab a pen and paper for any of the questions you want to respond to on Facebook but the the most recent criticism that I heard and I, I vehemently oppose that criticism having known you for 30 years now is that Thompson Fountain is too weak. He's not aggressive. He's not, you know, I guess they want you to go down into the garden and give somebody some mepwee, Dr. Fountain. So, you know, what do you say to that? And, you know, I just have to say that in my personal opinion, you're a very tenacious person. You're somebody who, when you make a commitment, you stick to it. And I'm speaking about a 30-year relationship that we've had, a 30-year friendship. So I think I, um, you know, I'm on good standing to make this observation. So what do you say to those who say that Thompson, you know, he's too mild-mannered, he's too, you know, calm, he needs to have more energy in this fight? Yeah, I think, I think it boils down to our style of politics in Dominica. You know, I, I call it the rara politics. Yes. You know, where everybody's shouting at the top of their lungs and pushing their in their faces and so on and so on. <laughs> I come from a, a slightly different approach, you know. I believe, uh, and um, I believe in in my cell of politics that you show your strength by standing up to the bully. So, for example, it's not mm -hmm. it does not often take a, a bully to bring down a bully. You know, somebody a quiet person can take down a bully just by the way they react to it. And it's not a question of me being, being, being soft or mild or so on. And, and that is far from the truth because I would not have accomplished what I have accomplished in, in life if I was that way, you know. I will not, I'm not the, I mean, if I have to get into your face, I will. I will do it. But I don't see that as my number one strength. I, you know, anybody can do that rara politics, right? right? Just be shouting and want to fight and take out your shirt and... Draw, you know, nah, nah, you know, I, I, I approach it differently. Mine is one over ideas. I want people to, I want my ideas to contend. I want to be able to think through problems and, and, and settle it amicably. You know, I, 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 I don't believe I should be out there cursing the prime minister, cursing the president and so on, just because I want to prove a point. No. What does that get you? 
you know. Uh, um, so if people are looking for that type of of um, farm neighbor type approach, you're not gonna get that from me because that's not my style. Mine is mine. Mine is different. I I will direct criticism when it is needed. I will criticize when I have to. I will stand up when I have to stand up. As the other day, I, I called the Prime Minister coward to his face. You know, say, you know, he's, he's a coward for the way he behaved. I will do those things, you know, when I believe it is necessary, but that will not be a, a, a constant thing. To me, mine, my role is to contend for the hearts and minds of Dominicans. And that's what, that's what I will do. So I will take the time. I will be on the block. I will sit with any and everybody with the so-called parrots. I know they call them parrots because they're human beings. Mm -hmm. But if those who are less advantaged than us, I will sit with them. I'll reason with them. I will sit down in your kitchen. I will sit down in your yard. I will, you know, I will come to the garden and talk to you. These are the things that I will do. And I will do aggressively. So it's more about an, an aggressive intent and purpose to reach people, to talk to people, to convert them. As against just standing out there and shouting insults and so on. You're not going to get that from me. Yes, well, very well said. And, you know, we have so much more to talk about, in, including the electoral reform that has not yet taken place. But, Dr. Fontaine, I want to give you a minute to catch your breath, rest your voice for just a minute, maybe grab a pen and paper if you need to. I'm going to read some of the comments. You can listen attentively, and then you will decide which ones you may want to respond to. So, guys, lots of comments. I'm going to do my best to take as many of them as possible because, again, you are part of the conversation. You are part of the decision, and you are part of moving Dominica forward. So, Avril, congratulations. Sandra, good evening. Stan, congratulations to Dr. Fontaine. Darius uh, Polidor. Hi, Thompson. Jennifer Christmas. Houston is sending love and prayers to Dr. Fontaine. Dr. Wallace says, looking forward to this conversation. Avril, diplomat with years of experience to provide the leadership necessary to unify the party, especially with the younger minds wanting to play a more active part in the direction of the party. Ernest Later, always great to see you. Murray Jules, if your party becomes government of Dominica, and you have majority in parliament, will you try to fix that snap election to fix the date every five years? I think that's a good one, Dr. Fontaine. So take a note of this one. Will you try to fix that snap election to a fixed date every five years? Adelaide Joseph is luck. Thank you for being here. Clyde Gregor, always great to see you. Jamin Hector, good evening. Adelaide, Dr. Fontaine, I pray for God's divine wisdom, direction, and protection on you and your team. My mom, Medina Senhouse, good night to Dear Rose and Dr. Fontaine. Hey, mom, great to see you. Diane Roberts, what? $500 for the whole month of work? Yes, Diane, and that is 500 Easy. Al Charles, good evening. Alvin Thomas, great to see you. Congrats, Dr. Fontaine. Uh, Bree Senhouse, my sister has a question. Dr. Fontaine, I think most people are anxious to hear what the plan is for the election next week. Vote for independence or not. There seems to be some mixed messages going around in some of the constituencies from what I've heard. This is all great, but the election is upon us. So it would be great to hear tonight once and for all 
what the voters should do. So I'm going to put a, a pause right here, Dr. Fontaine, because I think we have quite a few great comments and questions coming in. So I want to give you an opportunity to respond before we move forward. Yeah, these, these are excellent questions, but let me deal with the, I'll deal with the last one first on what voters should do. We have been very clear as a party, very clear that we will not participate in the election and we're therefore not encouraging persons to participate. That's very clear. And, and, and it's, it's very simple. In addition to us not participating, even with a government that is running itself, that, that is almost guaranteed of 21 seats, they're still importing voters. Persons in Antigua and Guadalupe and so on have been offered tickets to come to vote in Dominica. So because the government want to increase the numbers of persons. So we are saying do not take part in the elections. Don't deceive yourself into thinking that as an independent candidate you're going to win because they're still up to the same dirty means that they've used all of those years. Nothing has changed. And so our our approach is it will not make a difference. There's no way 11 independent candidates are not going to win. So you're not going to turn over the government with 11 seats. It's not going to happen. So we are saying, re abstain from voting. We'll, in fact, we would appeal to the independent voters to even withdraw at this stage and not provide any legitimacy for this election. Because the message we are sending to the international community and our regional governments is that this is a sham election. It is illegitimate and we should not be a part of it. So let that be very clear. The second thing, uh, with regard to the SNAP elections and the call of the NAs, I think the British did us wrong by this. I think that is one thing that, um, given the majority in Parliament, I would move to change. I believe that what we need is a fixed date for elections. Um, we are simply not a, a, a mature enough um, democracy. You know, and then it would have to be some exceptional circumstance. For example, if there is a vote of no confidence in the government or something, you have some exceptional circumstances where the date could probably be different. So, for example, if you have a government in place and then there is um, a vote of no confidence in, in that government, then in that case, you would have to go back to the polls. But other than that, other, for some very um, extreme circumstance, Having a fixed date, I think, is good, you know, and that is something I would definitely support and definitely push for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. And let's just stay on electoral reform for just a minute. Um, Alvin asked, electoral reform has been a huge issue over the last three election cycle. How confident are you that we are much closer to implementing that reform, given Prime Minister Skerritt call of a snap election on December 6th? So do you think that we're any uh, closer. And then the other question that comes to mind as well is what happens if we continue to see no movement on this electoral reform and the prime minister just keeps calling snap elections? What is the recourse? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I think we can, we can reasonably say that um, electoral reform will happen. It will not happen for this election because we have elections are next week. But as I said, that's the number one priority of the party. And we will do everything within the laws of Dominica, including, and I'll repeat, I've been misquoted, and I, I, and I want to use this opportunity there to, to make the point that I'm not advocating for violence. 
What I said last night was civil disobedience, not civil unrest. People have to say that I said civil unrest. I said civil disobedience, which is well within our constitutional rights to do. We will pursue, also pursue the courts. You know, every single effort will be made, and and including where, in fact, one of the um, one of the first things I did once once I got back into this process here was to talk, was to canvass lawyers. And I continue to do that. I'm talking to lawyers locally, overseas, trying to get the best approach we can use legally to tackle this thing. So we are, we are doing it on the legal front. We are doing, we'll be doing it with civil disobedience and every other means that is available to us legally and under the Constitution we will pursue it because I believe that this country should not be operating normally as if everything is okay in the absence of electoral reform. So we need to continue to pursue this. Um, unfortunately for us, we don't have a situation as we did in, in the 1970s where we could call the public unions out on strike. Um, persons are afraid to go on strike. Um, although I'm part of the Electoral Reform Coalition, the Public Service Union is part of that coalition, uh, but uh, to call a strike because you know persons go on strike, and if, if they do that, their monies are deducted from the days that they spend out on strike. So already, persons who are hard pressed are saying, "Boy, mm, I don't think so. I'm not going to lose a, a free or four days wage um, by going on strike." So you you have that. Not only that, persons are discriminated against if they go on strike um not only are they discriminated against but their families are discriminated against i mean that's the level at which we are in dominica so i sympathize with persons who, who feel that they cannot put the their their livelihoods on the line and also if you're a public servant and you're going to strike against the government they fire you where are you going to go there is no private sector that is going to absorb you so these are the real issues that we are faced with. So I hear very often I hear persons criticizing and say, well, they should be going on strike. We remember you know, there are real issues that the situation is extremely and very different from what it was 30, 40 years ago when the unions protected you. Okay. Everybody spoke together. Everybody acted together, even where they supported the government. And if there was an issue of, of workers' right, they would stand for it. But I can guarantee you in this current situation, persons who support the government will most likely not go on strike. So it means that only a fraction or portion of the workforce will be involved in the strike. So right away, it, that defeats the, the, the purpose. So we're not going to find this kind of strike action and so on. So we have to look at other means. And the other means are pursuing it through the legal route and doing the protests and the demonstrations and asking for the government to do what is right by the people. And ultimately, we'll have success. We're not going to have a constant cycle of no elections, uh, of no reforms. It's not going mm -hmm. to happen. Well, I think we, that is... This is, the last, this is the last election where we're going to have this no election, no reform. Well, I think that is very reassuring for many of us Dominicans because that is obviously is a great um, concern of us. And I will come back to the Facebook Live um, comments, but I'm very happy that you mentioned fear, Dr. Fontaine, because I think the greatest challenge that a new political party coming into Dominica, doesn't matter, of course, we would love for it to be the UWP, but any uh, party coming into power in Dominica, I think one of their greatest challenge is going to be the psyche of Dominica. 
how do you change the mindset of a people that in the last 20 years have learned to be uh, learned helplessness, completely dependent on the government, um, you know, not particularly interested in, in, in pursuing a different approach. And, you know, I always go back to that, that, that scenario that you provided when you called into Roots Connections last week of that young man who simply said, why do I have to do all that? The government can provide for me and my family. So I think it begs the question, how do you reverse the mindset of a people who have come to be so dependent on the government for everything. And that will be one of the major challenges that the UWP or any political party would face in Dominica. You know, a drug addict, someone who, who is dependent upon drugs, I'm told that when they want to heal themselves, they can do it two ways. They can go what they call cold turkey, where they, can no, they no longer have access to those drugs, and so they are forced to get out of it or they can go for a process of, of of treatment and so on and get out of it gradually i think for us and the analogy that i am drawing there is that this dependent thing will most likely end when the money runs out so passport for example at some point we expect the passport sales to come to a halt because the, the european union is doing everything now within its powers they've already forced malta Bulgaria and Greece to stop. I believe now it's only one other country that is doing the passport program within the EU. And now they're targeting those countries like Dominica, Grenada, St. Lucia that are involved. So when that when that uh, source of funds dries up, because there, there are no other source of funds, Matthew, there are no other source of funds in Dominica. Our, our, our taxes are a fraction of the monies coming from the sale of passports. Our taxes are not enough to pay public servants. It's not enough to provide school services, hospital services. It's not enough. Okay? Our, I'll give you a, an example. Our spending right now is about a billion dollars a year. We make about less than 300 million in taxes. So it means that the other 700 million dollars have to come from the sale of passports or from loans, right? You're not, so when that money dries up as it will, it means the government no longer has that money to build apartments and dangle a key in front of your face and say, you know, you can't have it. It's not yours. If you misbehave, if you don't vote me, we'll take it away from you because they will not have the monies in the first place to build those new apartments and so. So you're going to have that situation. The other thing is where people are deprogrammed. It's like going through rehab and you and you you talk to them, you encourage them, you kind of reprogram the mind. And that's what our All Doors initiative will do. Because it will focus on sitting, taking the time, taking the time, you know, deliberately to explain to people that there is in fact a different way. Okay, that what you're used to, that's not how governments operate across the globe. Things are different. People are supposed to work and help to build a country. It's in the process of hard work and industry that you build a country and you reap the rewards from that hard work. You know, no country has been built on a handout. And I'll give you a very good example. The U.S. economy, for example, many years there was this um, welfare industry until I believe it was Bill Clinton who had a deliberate program mm -hmm. to get people off of welfare, get them working. And that's when the American economy really began to go places because before people were just relying on government handouts. I'm getting $700 a month to pay my rent and so I don't have to work. But I said, no, we're going to take this away from you. 
you now have to get out of welfare and go to work and people did and that is when the american economy really began to take off and he cannot provide all these opportunities for everybody everywhere including dominicans to go and find work the same thing will have to happen here once you remove this incentive people will be forced to work you create the jobs for them and they will find work to do and that is how we're going to break the cycle but i believe it it can be broken um, it will not be easy. I, I don't fool myself into thinking that it will be an easy task, but I believe that it is doable. Yeah, and you know, uh, Dr. Fontaine, they say a picture speaks a thousand words, but I think showing real life example probably speaks a million words. So if, for example, people are shown examples of people who are achieving limitless wealth, because keep in mind the resources of the government are limited. So you may be getting $300 a month, you may be getting $150 a month, but if you put forth somebody like Monel who has limited abilities in terms of acquiring wealth independently, and you show folks why rely on $300 where if yeah. you do it yourself, look at how much more you Absolutely. can make. Look at the bank accounts, show folks examples of folks working online and the amount of money i work online i would be happy to share my salary if you would like me to with an audience and show them how much more you can make absolutely if you and, and to i think work yeah, and you, you know, choose to not depend on the government yeah no and that is where it is so that's why i said it's about edu it's about education yes so when when we meet the young people i would like to say to them hey there is a better way mm-hmm there is a knowledge industry yes. that you can tap into and you can remain in Dominica. So you can enjoy mm -hmm. the glow show, enjoy the beaches, enjoy the island life. You and know, the money converts real nice. And you can make money that way. So yes. it's about, you know, letting people know what exists because the truth of the matter is they simply don't know. The young people in particular, they believe that what they have, and this, this young man that I spoke about, he honestly believed that that was the only way that he had out because that was what he was taught as a child. Mommy's talking that, hey, I, I, I don't have books for you today. I'm going to go to the Red Clinic and I'm going to get it. And she comes back with the books from her prime minister. You see, so that's all the child knows. All right. So now you, you have to now tell them, OK, there is a different way. Mm -hmm. If you if you work hard, if you're diligent in school, you can tap into this. You know, and, and even even in terms of, of reaching out, that's one of the things that I, I believe that our diaspora and I will be calling in addition to the resources from the diaspora. I believe that a number of persons in the diaspora can create opportunities for persons in Dominica. All right. Those who have the knowledge, those who have the information, they can connect to our people here in Dominica and let them begin to tap into this. You know, and, and so these are some of the exciting things that I believe that we can do and, and really get people begin to change the dynamic, begin to change the, this narrative of dependency that we have in Dominica. And, 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 and it, it breaks my heart to no end that I see these people in those apartments and the wasco have to cut their water because they cannot afford 25 bucks a month to pay for the water, you know? And that is the reality. That is the reality we have. If you go to a number of those apartments in Dominica tonight, there are persons who do not have water. It has been cut off. Because he can't afford the 25 or 30 bucks the Wasco is charging them a month for the water. You know, but that is the reality of Dominica. And you, you want to say that you can change this. You can make it different. What this government is offering you, you know, 
the prime minister is just this egoistic, selfish individual who has built one mansion, built a second, building a third, takes $64,000 from taxpayers for his own rent. Unbelievable. You know, so so you, you you want to move away from this. You want to say that there is a better there's a better path, there's a better approach and, and hopefully the Dominican public will buy into, into that narrative. Yeah, absolutely. So there's work to be done, but I think um you have you and the, the right team are prepared to do it. So let's take more of the comments because we want to make sure we engage our audience. Augustina George, always locked in from Canada. Great to see you, Augustina. Thank you for being here. She says congratulations. And write down any questions you would like to respond to Dr. Fontaine. Dave Bertrand, Dr. Fontaine, can you tell us about the outcome of the meeting which was supposed to help be held with Sir Dennis Byron today? Glenda Lugay is locked in from California. Great to see you, Glenda. Thank you for being here as always. Jennifer Milton, congratulations, Dr. Fontaine. Julie Polido, nice to see you. Congratulations, Dr. Fontaine. I know you will do well. We need our country back. It was stolen from us more than 20 years ago, and we need it back. Madame is crying. Omar Monel, great to see you. Uh, Dr. Triffy, terrible policy on the housing violates the laws of reciprocity and leaves citizens in a state of being less than and obligated without true ownership, a terrible housing policy. Cam Henderson, nice to see you. Margel Dura, evening to all. Congrats, Dr. Fontaine. Thank you, Margel. Kimberly Rice, congrats, Omar. Congrats to the good doc for his win as party leader. Uh, let's take some folks we haven't heard from. Let's see right here. Maria Liz Challenger, good evening. Somebody we haven't heard from, let's go. Bernard, I have issues with this administration. I tune in to hear the betterment from you. If you elected as prime minister, there are crimes in all the Caribbean islands. Dominica has the lowest crime rates in the Caribbean. Dr. Fontaine, take notes what you want to respond to. Alvin Thomas, great response. Dorian Charles, great to see you. Nettie Max, nice to see you. Alvin Thomas, that's how China behaves control the narrative from the press and the media. The DLP is using China playbook. I completely agree. Stain Serafin, my former neighbor, nice to see you, Stain. The number one threat to the destabilization of Dominica and Dominica's economy is global warming and the impact of those storms on the island. The storms are getting increasingly worse, therefore, what are your plans to combat and minimize the impact of these storms on Dominica? Great question. Adelaide Paul, great to see you. The same strategy with trucks and loud noise. Sam Hill, our manager over there at TDN Radio, great to see you, Sam. You mentioned NEP. Should the UWP under your leadership get to lead Dominica's government? How do you plan to support the private sector beyond giving loans to private businesses. Let's take one more and then we will give you an opportunity to respond. Adelaide Paul, the same strategy of trucks and loudspeakers blaring all day and night long all over the country. It gives the illusion of support and strength. It's quite annoying, honestly. Omar Monel, what is your policy with regards to appointments of civil servants? 
So let's take a pause here, um, Dr. Fontaine, and you can respond. And by the way, Clarence Christian, I will not be reading your message because we are always um, respectful of our, of our guests and we will not entertain any posts that includes calling our guests any names. So thank you for your comments, but we won't be reading it today. No, you're not going to come and disrespect my guests. You'll be living free speech <laughs> on this program, but you can't come and disrespect my guests and my yeah. audience already knows this. I hope, I hope he's listening. This is a man who, who was the Auditor General and refused, during the four years I was a Senator, refused to make any report of the Auditor General available as he was supposed to, yet he was drawing a salary of an Auditor General. So enough said yes moving on let me let me talk about the, the some of the issues that are raised and let me thank your guests for being so and so engaging mm -hmm. uh dave butcher wanted to know about the the byron meeting i'm surprised he knows about it it was supposed to be a a, a private meeting uh between the the leadership of the united workers party and sir byron and the electoral commissioners i cannot divulge what was discussed unfortunately um what i can tell him is that um that is part of the of the work that is being undertaken by sir byron he has decided that irrespective of what has happened with the calling of elections he was given the task to do and he's determined to complete that task so that was part of his effort to inform and to find out from a pharmacy if there were any issues and questions and so on. so that was what the discussion was about and I can say that he's moving forward with um, with his timetable to give the report to the government by the 30th of November. So by that time, we'll get the full report and see what changes and so on that he's recommending. Um, on the question of one person said about the crime rate, as if to say that the crime rate in Dominica is not too bad, it is worse in the other Caribbean islands. Well, that's one way to look at it, but I can also look at it and say, well, you know, we're a really small country and, mm -hmm. um, you know, 16 murders is too much. Because I remember a time when we used to barely have a murder. There were years there would be zero murders in Dominica. So if suddenly you have 16 murders, it's the type of violent murders. I mean, with all the crime that's, that we have in Jamaica and St. Lucia and so on, I've never heard of a crime of a young man going into a hospital and shooting to death or, or to death somebody that he that was injured never heard about it so you know the is the kinds of crimes that are happening in dominica a young man pulls up at a gas station to get gas and somebody comes up and, and shoots him right there in front of everybody you know, these are crimes you don't you don't necessarily see. You know, it's the kind of violence that I'm talking about. So it's not so much the number, but it's the type and the violence. And it's just, and it's around the young men. It's a whole generation of young men. And that's what I'm concerned about. These are our future. And they're the ones that have been so violated. So you must be concerned for this. Now, the question on, on, on minimizing the storms. Now, I was involved in a very important program um, about about 2020, 20, about two years ago, I did a project with the with ECLAC from Trinidad and Tobago, part of the United Nations. And the project was to de develop a, if you like, a strategy, a debt strategy, where we know that the Caribbean islands have really high levels of debt. We are very heavily indebted 
in Dominica, we have about, I believe our debt level is about $3 billion. So we have a, we have a really high debt in Dominica. And the idea was all of these Caribbean countries suffer from potential climate change and the impact of global warming. So in the past, you've had debt strategies where, for example, countries would give up their, their debt in exchange for reducing their carbon footprint. So if a country agreed that it would do things such as planting trees and so on, that would reduce its carbon footprint, it would get a reduction in its debt. So, and we also had what we call the debt for equity swaps, where a country would, uh, would, um, would get some benefits in a reduction of its debt. That was used in Latin America. So building on what, has, what transpired, the idea was, and the task that I was given, is to come up with a, a strategy that you could sell to the industrial countries where in exchange for debt forgiveness, the Caribbean countries would then use those resources to strengthen their climate resilience. Okay, so the way that would work and what I eventually proposed is that, for example, let's use the case of Dominica. Dominica pays, let's assume, um, that's not the correct numbers, but just for argument's sake, Dominica pays back $10 million in debt every month, okay? Instead of paying back those $10 million in debt to its creditors, the creditors, who are the industrialized countries or the multinational institutions like the IMF, the World Bank, and so on, instead of paying back this $10 million to them as the servicing for your debt, they would allow you to keep this $10 million, okay? You would keep this $10 million, they would forgive that debt, okay? Or they would make monies available from some other part of government to pay it on your behalf. But at the end of the month, you have this $10 million, which otherwise you would have paid in debt forgiveness, or you would have paid, sorry, to redeem your debt. What you would now have to do with that $10 million you would have to spend this $10 million on some climate-resilient project. So that money would have to be spent, say, for example, in building a seawall, in reclaiming coastline, in relocating persons who may be susceptible, who are too, living too close to the sea line. You may have to take them. You would, you would use this money in, in building, um, using Gideon baskets, using what they call terracing, where you, 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 you build, you, you put stones in a kind of a step-like manner on a hilltop so that it does not come down. You don't have the landslides. So that money, for example, you could then put in a village like uh, Good Hope or, or Sufria. You would be able to show up the, the mountainsides or the hillsides so that you don't have landslides with heavy rains. Okay? That is the concept behind it. So that is what I would continue to pursue. That is before the UN for consideration and that is something if I were in the position of authority and government I would use that authority then to really push to get that done to really mm -hmm. push to get something like that initiative done because it means at the end of the day you will now have more money which you would not otherwise have in your budget to spend on those types of climate resilient um, activities and I think that's one of the ways that we'll be able to deal with that particular issue mm -hmm. um, 
the question is, and I think the person raised the issue of the NEP in, in relation to the private sector, and you're, you're absolutely correct. The way in which you deal with the NEP workers is that, and interesting enough, I did not hear the Prime Minister, but I was told, and, and I'm, still, I'm still looking for it, but somebody who listened last night told me that the Prime Minister made the statement because it was on, because I had just been an elected leader. So he said he was telling the people of, of the Caribbean territory, you need, to, you need to come and vote. Uh, especially if you're a public servant or an NEP, because if you don't vote and this thing falls in the hands of this new UWP leader, he's going to fire all you NEP workers and all the government workers. And I'm saying, but how am I, I going to be doing this? To begin with, we are not in the election, so mm -hmm. it does not matter. So that's not going to happen next month. Um, but, but also the, the, the notion that, I, no, you want to create better opportunities for the NEP workers. So what I would, my focus would be on how do you get these individuals absorbed into the private sector where you get better paying jobs. And the way you can do that, there is a, instead of giving individual dollars to individuals, you can target projects. You can have a water, and there are so many projects that can be done in Dominica, so many projects, water projects, the cannabis industry projects, essential oils. Um, you can do projects in agro-processing. You can do projects in, in fisheries where you do small-scale canning of fishing. We have so much wonderful fish. You know, you cut them up, you can them, you can dry them, vacuum, vacuum pack them. So you have all of those things that can be done. Okay? And you can use government resources to subsidize initially those businesses or to provide a startup capital. So these budding entrepreneurs will go up there they're, they're doing industries for export. So that's how we're going to get the money back because these monies are going to be... If you begin to do, for example, a water project, you're, you're going to be exporting water to all of the Caribbean countries for exchanges coming in. These monies are then used to pay better wages. So those persons who are now spending the days in the heat and the rain um, for not much money will now get a better paying job all right, so it's not a matter of firing anybody. It's a matter of creating better opportunities. And the way you do that is that you develop the private sector. Our private sector is, is vanishing. It is disappearing overnight. All the jobs are going. Bello and um, the tram and, you know, over how many thousands of businesses have been lost. You know, little boutiques disappearing overnight. Bakeries are going. How do you support those businesses to stay in operation and to employ people, and that is where the focus has to be. All right, yeah, so that I, I, is how that would be attracted. And and then the the last question I believe was asked by Monel just before you come, um, mm -hmm. just to finish this round, mm -hmm. uh, on the appointment of the of the public servants. One of the things that I would, and in fact we did it in 2014, we made the promise to the public servants that a United Workers Party government will rectify. The appointment process you know it's it is unconscionable mm -hmm. and that's a big word to me that it is you know it, it it troubles the mind okay it bothers me greatly to think that persons are working for 10 15 years and they're still acting mm -hmm. acting so acting um, assistant teacher or acting this, acting that over all of those years. No, you have a system. And in fact, when I had a chance to advise the Prime Minister very early on in his reign, I advised him about setting up a, a merit system within the government service. 
a system where you every year people are, are tagged or they, you know, you regularize the appointments to begin with, and at the end of every year, there's an incentive system. Okay, so those who perform really well will get rewarded. They may get rewarded with either a promotion or they may get rewarded with additional an incremental increase on their salary so that people feel that there is there is a there's worth that they're, they're worth something that they can put in the extra effort because if i put in the extra effort there's a good chance at the end of the year i will get something additional to take home you know so there those you build those incentives and but importantly for the service you do away with these acting things you know if people are not qualified you retrain them give them the requisite training get them up to speed and then and then appoint them but you can't just have people hanging you know and the reason why you and that's it that comes back to what we talked about earlier people not being able to even to even strike because if you're acting you're not appointed you cannot go on strike <laughs> because you'll be the first to go you know so yeah that's how you have to deal with that particular situation yeah and you know um, um dr fontaine for someone like me who's a professor of industrial organizational psychology that is an area i would love to be in uh involved with in terms of employee motivation leadership and how do you get employees to be more engaged so they're more productive because they know they will earn a better salary but when we're being told that those of us in the diaspora are trying to run the country via remote control <laughs> I'm not very incentivized to yeah. want to be a part of an administration that thinks I'm trying to run the country by a remote control. Yeah, it's a lack of understanding. It's a lack of appreciation for the tremendous interests that the diasporans have in Dominica. I mean, Dominican diasporans spend more time worrying about Dominica than yes. Dominicans even living in Dominica. I can tell I you. I know. I speak to them. I, 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 I was in that position, you know. You spend more time thinking about Dominica. So that notion that, um, you know, you're doing remote control, no, is, is to find a, a way to harness those skills of the diasporans to help build their country, you know, mm -hmm. because uh, yeah, I know people who would love to come and, in this beautiful weather and atmosphere to retire even, you know, but they will not do it because there is nothing in place for them. Mm -hmm. But if you encourage them, and, and as, as I said, one of the major areas that United World Party will be looking at even before, and Mark, even before we come into power. So that will be, depending on the amount of time we have, before the next election, we want to spend time to begin to create opportunities. One of the things that is, that is really concerning to me as a leader of the largest opposition party is the welfare of our members. And what do I mean by that? Our welfare, there are members they are discriminated against, if they know that they support our party, they don't get the jobs, they don't get the promotions, um, they don't get the opportunities, their children don't get the opportunities to work, you know. So what can we do as a party in opposition? So that is going to concern me as well. And in terms of priorities, the welfare, I forgot to mention that at the start, mm -hmm. but when I talked about what the role of the leader is, that to me is a very important. How do we not only get resources to run a campaign, but how do we garner resources to help our members to begin to start looking at industry at, at some type of, of because I, I frankly I don't believe that we have to wait to be in government to begin to see how we can get a factory going or get some industry going that can employ members of the United Workers Party and that is one area 
that I want to commit to as well, that I'm mm. committed to. And in terms of the discussions going forward with the diaspora and how we can raise resources and so on, that to me is very critical. How do you provide opportunities for the members and how do you look at the welfare of your party members? Yeah, and, and thank you for that. And as you can see, uh, Dr. Fontaine, we have a wealth of information coming in from our audience. So it is so important to have our overseas brothers and sisters as part of the conversation. But I also think what we are seeing is that this government rules from a position of fear, right? So, you know, it, it keeps telling the, I listen to the, the campaigns very closely because I think it is important to listen to all sides of the stories. And one of the things that you often hear is the impression that uh, United Workers Party, they're gonna come in and they're gonna destroy everything that we have worked for, all the things that you benefit from. And I think Albert says it well when, when he posed this question, over several years, the DLP administration has been heavily dependent on the CBI program in terms of your party's program at stimulating the economy, thereby creating jobs for young persons as well as creating an enabling environment for business. What would your party do differently should you continue the CBI program? You are listening to Untapped the- Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. Listening to our pre-recorded Facebook Live interview with Dr. Thompson Fountain. So, so much promise, so much promise for Dominica as we try to move our country forward, create industry, create economic opportunities, and just take Dominica to the next level. So, again, our pre-recorded interview from Dr. Thompson Fontaine. And speaking of taking Dominica further, uh, our featured video over at pushpast10.com, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T-1-0.com, is a vintage Dominica video which was sent to me. And you know the video is only about maybe a minute, a minute and a half long, but it really embodies so much of what we have lost in Dominica. So I would certainly encourage you to take a look on pushpast10.com. You know, I posted that video on Facebook and I think at this point it has probably received something like 4,500 views because people are so nostalgic they long for that Dominica that we once were. So take a look and let me know what you think about it. As always, you can reach me at pushpast10 at gmail.com, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-D-1-0 at gmail.com. And I want to thank everyone who continues to send me a message to tell me how this program is impacting them. Um, Just recently, we had Miss Trudy Christian, who's a dean at the Dominica State College. She reached out to me and she told me all about this debate competition that she currently conducts at the State College and how she's taking it to the high school levels. So she's taking it to 
13 high schools in Dominica because she too is seeing the need for critical and independent thinkers in Dominica so that we can have more of a, a nonpartisan, a less political view of Dominica. We can take our own views and uh, really just look at Dominica from an outsider's perspective perspective with regards to what we need to do to develop our beautiful nature island. And you know, I, I oftentimes find myself wondering, you know, why is it that so many of us are just so invested in Dominica? And I think Dr. Thompson Fontaine always says it the best, you know, if not for Dominica, who might we have been? We don't know who we have been and much of the success many of us have acquired in this lifetime is simply because we are from Dominica. That work ethic that we saw growing up in Dominica, which I have to say, unfortunately, we see it going by the wayside under this administration, but much of the work ethic that we grew up on in Dominica, that pride, that sense of purpose that we had in Dominica, despite many of us having grown up poor, that is what has sustained us in Dominica. And that is what we are fighting for, to return to Dominica. So I hope that you will continue to join me like many others do by sending me a message at pushpast10 at gmail.com to let me know if you too have an idea. Paul Barron just reached out to me with yet another idea. So I really want to thank everyone who continues to reach out to say, you know what? I have an idea, especially if it relates to creating financial opportunities for Dominicans. So again, thank you for being here for yet another episode of Untapped Potential. Uh, when you head on, on over to pushpast10.com, don't forget to click on the past podcast episode for any episode of the program you may have missed along the way. And also to check out our YouTube channel for many of uh, the great videos that we have shared along the way. If you're on Facebook, you can follow me at Push Past 10. And if you're not on Facebook, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which I'm very happy is growing quite nicely. <laughs> so you can follow us on YouTube at Push Past 10 so you can keep in a, a prize of what is going on. You can join the conversation. You can be a part of the live conversation instead of simply listening to the rebroadcast when we come on over to Untapped Potential. So again, thank you for being here for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. It has been a truly, it has truly been a pleasure being with you today. Don't forget the next two weeks, we will be off the air as we take some time to enjoy some family time for the Christmas season. So we will be back the second week of January to resume Untapped Potential. So I hope that you will mark your calendar and you will join us there as we continue to get energized and powered up for the week ahead. And yes, you do have homework. <laughs> so while we're off the air, this is a great time to start thinking about the goals that you want to set for yourself to, for 2023 and to create a plan. Create a plan and give yourself a gift. Give yourself a gift of the Push Past 10 book that I wrote uh, in terms of how to be consistent with setting those goals and with sticking to those goals. How to 
stay consistent with your goals. Of course, you can find more information about this on pushpast10.com. So again, always great to be here with you for another episode of Untapped Potential. I look forward to journeying with you in 2023 as we continue to get energized and powered up for each week ahead and as we continue to work on our important life goals. So enjoy your Christmas break. Enjoy your holiday. Again, please be very careful. Please be very cautious out there to avoid any accidents and also be mindful that this is the height of the criminal season where lots of folks are looking to steal your information, looking to steal your credit card information. So just be vigilant with everything that you do. So until we meet the next time, don't forget your life story is your strength. Remember that the challenges you faced before have prepared you for the challenges that you now face. So remember to tap into your potential, stay, stay strong, stay positive, stay active, and stay engaged until I see you in 2023, the second week of January. Music.